Welcome to the Voices in Japan podcast with your hosts Ben and Burke. On this show, we are joined by Laurie from Scotland, who is a karate practitioner, to talk about martial arts. I can definitely have a, a lot of confidence in speaking for my buddy Burke in that martial arts is a huge passion of ours. So, We've both been really looking forward to talking about this topic. We talk about karate, wrestling, judo, Brazilian jiu jitsu, Japanese jiu jitsu, kendo, and much, much more. This episode might not be for everyone, but hopefully, after listening, you might be inspired to take up some kind of martial art. No matter what you decide,、uh, martial arts is a good thing to take up, it will change your life. And definitely for the better. All right, enjoy the show. Each me, son. Oh, first and foremost, I wanted to.、Uh... You know, Ben wasn't、uh, able to record that. I just wanted to see, like, did you get all that cleared up in the nether regions, that rash and stuff? Was that taken care of? <laughs> What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, you did it? You didn't want me to mention that on the podcast? Oh, the ring why, one? Why you, couldn't,、uh, why you couldn't record last time? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Very glad and happy to have Ben back. It's, it, was not, it, was, it wasn't a rash, nothing like that. Just ring one. <laughs> just ring one, yeah. But、uh, yeah, so we've invited Lori today.、Uh, ben, what was the.、Uh, Topic we're covering today? Martial pretty, arts. Yeah, it's a yeah. cool topic for Japan, man. I mean, we've,、um, we talk about martial arts a lot, and I think it's, the, it's definitely one of, the, one of the topics that I've been looking forward to most to talk about because we don't really go into too much detail because some listeners will probably get bored or they won't really know what we're talking about. I've had、um, some friends comment that they don't really want to hear about like MMA and stuff like that when we talk about fighting.、Oh, they, sometimes. Would, they don't want it to turn into one of those. Podcasts, yeah, or, well, not that it's just like during the episode, they kind of switch off when we do start talking about things like that.、Uh, um, you know, usually we just mention it briefly. I usually skip to that point, yeah, yeah. Some people <laughs> like it, that's some the only part I listen to. But now we're gonna have a whole episode dedicated to it, so I guess people can switch off from the very beginning, yeah. Half the people just turned off, advanced one. <laughs> <laughs> So first, Laurie, you're a you're a karate karate、yeah, black belt. Study or was was a black belt as a child. I don't know if you can count it as a black belt now. So you're a white belt now. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So you're a, a retire, retired child black belt. <laughs> I, I, I looked、Current. into it last night. So there's a there's a register. Like when you become a black belt, you go on the the national register. And I had a look in it. Like, had a look at my certificate as well, and it had cadet. And I was like, well, what does that mean? Had a look. It's when you hit 16, you have to reset the test, or you apply to reset the test to become an official black belt.、Uh, yeah, they have cadet in wrestling too. Cadet wrestling. I think it's probably up to like 16 or something as well.、Uh, wait, first, going back a little bit, where, where is home again?、Uh, Dundee, Scotland. Okay. And you've been in Japan for. 16 years now. Okay. So a fair amount of time. That's a long, yeah, that is a long time. So I guess、uh, when you're saying you became a black belt, that was still while you were obviously in growing up in Scotland. Yeah. So yeah, when I was in Scotland, I, I started what, five year old or something. I think it was like my, my mother moved to her work, kind of went to school, and、uh, these kids were picking on me.、And、then、uh, the, the Japanese kind of attendant for the, the apartment block taught me karate. Serious? No, it's a. Mr. Miyagi style. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> that's a story to karate. Laurie son. <laughs> no, so I think it, it all started. So my parents tell me anyway, it was kind of because of Karate Kid. Like that's around about the time that was out. I was kind of interested in that. My dad as well loved Bruce Lee. So I guess everybody's dad around that time did. So that's kind of what got me into it. A lot of people got into karate from Karate Kid, right? Pretty much. Like, I got into not karate, but I did、um, traditional Japanese Jiu Jitsu. And is, is that big in America, Bert? Because in England, it's quite big, I guess. Is it、yeah. big in Scotland, Laurie? Traditional Japanese、no, Jiu Jitsu? It was just karate. 
yeah. and kickboxing. Well, yeah, when, when I was a young, young kid, it was in uh, Idaho in the U.S. And, uh, I mean, there was karate and there was wrestling, but there wasn't any other forms. Of, there might have been judo or something. But, yeah, so, no, Japanese jiu-jitsu is definitely not popular there. I actually have a video, though, when I was a kid, probably like five years old or something, six years old. And, uh, I don't know, I've got like some gloves on and maybe a hat and some sunglasses. And my dad's like, hey, who's this little guy? And I'm like, I'm Bruce Lee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I was like a little infatuated with Bruce Lee as a kid too. Um, we did karate. We, our parents put us into karate. Uh, my mom was Japanese. I don't know if there was some like drive there to get her kids into something Japanese related or anything. But, uh, my brother did pretty well. I didn't progress very far. But, uh, where was it exactly? Were you studying then? I- try to tell people about it out here but it's it's not really recognized it was freestyle karate and kickboxing whatever that is i guess what was kind of like point point karate instead of full contact i stopped when i was about 14 so probably nine years or so so at that time you got to black belt yeah like that was the time i i discovered football as well so like training was on the days that karate was held so i've decided with myself okay once i hit black belt i'm done like i've achieved the goal that i need to get to which looking back on it now was a huge mistake but that was kind of hit 14 got my black belt took three years between belts to get the black belt and how long were you training or how often were you training it's like twice a week and like looking back on it like i can't remember too much of it but there wasn't much kata or anything like that. It was it was kind of a kid's class where it was all about fun, circuit training, how to kick, and then you're obviously fighting at the end of it. Sp- like sparring. Yeah. yeah. But were there like tests for each belt or something? I think we had tests in my... I think I made it to like orange belt or something. What was it? Like white, yellow, orange belt. There was like a test for each one. Uh, I think you had to memorize like some kind of kata a little bit. Which, uh, for people who don't know, is kind of like that, uh, what is it? It's kind of like a routine yeah, of uh, forms and stuff. Um, and then, uh, yeah, but uh, did you guys have like those types of tests? In yeah, there were tests. I think it was, it was kind of more on technique and stamina and fitness, I guess. I can't, I can't remember the earlier ones. I remember the black belt one. It was like doing so many sit-ups, doing so many push-ups. And I think... If I remember rightly, it was like I had to fight three guys within a set amount of time. To the death? To the death. <laughs> so you've killed... Kara- karate Kid 2 style, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to the death. Did you have to, like, chop wooden boards and stuff like that? That was kind of like exhibition stuff. It's like you'd get the uh, the bathroom tiles or the kitchen tiles and you had to punch through them. But yeah, it was, it was good fun. Drill the holes in the bottom first. And <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I think they're already kind of scratched right down the middle, so they break they break perfectly. I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it is. Well, but Ben, you did that uh, Japanese jiu-jitsu, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. So I started doing that when I was about, I would say, ten or eleven. So one of my mates, uh, we were like really into like you know blood sport, uh, the Van Damme movies. Oh, they were good. Yeah. And then he he'd been doing traditional <laughs> Japanese jiu-jitsu for about two years before i met him and then he kind of got me into it so i went along when i was about yeah probably about 10 started doing it did it for about a year got to yellow belt which in jiu-jitsu is the second level because you had to pay for gradings oh really yeah is that not standard it is yeah and but i didn't i didn't really agree with it because it was like, well, if I, if, I, so if I don't pay, I can't grade. And he was like, yeah, basically. So I was like, well, I don't want to pay anymore. So, but I carried on going, like training. I just didn't go to gradings. So I was staying at, as a yellow belt, but my, obviously my skill level was progressing. And then the final straw for me with um, Japanese jiu-jitsu was um, I was sparring with this brown belt, who's obviously supposed to be a lot better than me because I'm a yellow belt, he's a brown belt gave him a couple of kicks in the leg and then he started crying i mean admittedly he was half my size half my age (laughs) but that that is a thing i noticed back home it was kind of certain instructors had good relationships with certain families and like it didn't matter what they did they still graded up every single time and and my the sensei at, at the time he he made me apologize to the kid and i'm like 
should I really be apologizing to a brown belt? And after that, I was like, I'm not going back anymore. And so that what, made me quit. What's the difference quit. then between Japanese traditional jiu-jitsu and jiu-jitsu? Well, from, from what I know, Japanese traditional jiu-jitsu is where everything kind of comes from. So it's like the, almost like the original mixed martial art. So we do kicking, punching, throwing, uh, submissions. All right. So judo comes from that. Karate comes from that. Brazilian jiu-jitsu comes from that. But what is really surprising is in Japan, they don't, people don't really know what Japanese jiu-jitsu is. Like I remember, you know, telling my students, oh, I do jiu-jitsu. And they're like, jiu-jitsu? What's that? You know, they, they all know judo. They all know karate, but they don't really know traditional Japanese jiu-jitsu. I only know really BJJ. That's it. Right. But now, now you say jiu-jitsu and people mean BJJ now, right? Cause yeah. Brazilian jiu-jitsu is so popular or it's, you know, uh, trendy and it's growing in in fans or whatever because of UFC probably but yeah traditional Japanese jiu-jitsu is pretty much dead apart from in England I'm, I don't know if they still do it now but back in uh, I guess in the 90s it was pretty big back then yeah um, and the sparring sessions were really odd it wasn't like well I remember the first time I did a sparring, sparring session they didn't tell us the rules yeah um, they just said, okay, spar. And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> Can I like do whatever I want? But we were kids, so you couldn't really do what you want. But then there were some kids that were really trying to take each other's heads off. Um, like just some wild, wild little boys that were, you know, they just wanted to fight basically. And that's how their, their sparring was, but it wasn't supposed to be like that. It was supposed to be controlled. You kind of punch slowly, practice the moves. Um, but yeah, that I've, I thought that kind of sparring is not as effective as, for example, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, like we do. You know, it's, it's basically a fight. We're wearing a, a, without strikes, which is why I find that a lot more effective than traditional. So, like in, in the UK, like all of these things, boxing as well. I would say it's to get the kids off the street. Is it the same in America? Yeah, in a lot of spots and uh, areas and cities, like boxing and now even Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, are definitely to get uh, kind of kids in maybe low uh, socioeconomic situations like into something uh, off the streets. But um, like in suburban America, it's just about like starting a martial art, having fun, wanting to learn how to fight. Uh, bullying does play a big part yeah. in people uh, in school and stuff, especially these days. Uh, I think it plays a really big part in getting kids into martial arts. I think that might be a little bit uh, why I got more motivated about martial arts than before. I wasn't bullied at school or anything. I had a lot of friends at school, but I think I was bullied amongst my brother's friends and by my brother. <laughs> he might listen to this and he might find humor in this, but uh, I actually remember, yeah, he was probably the first bully I ever encountered. Uh, he used to always say to me, as is the case with a lot of older, younger brother yeah. situations, but he actually used to say to me, and I remember, uh, he was like, if you let me beat you up, like you'll get stronger. And I totally bought into that, you know, that idea and that theory. And I probably he probably didn't pick on me enough, and that's probably why I'm not as tough as I could be now if he had picked on me a little bit more. Uh, so I blame that on him as well, too. And, you know, if you're going to do it, and do it for real. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, to answer your question, uh, definitely now you hear a lot about, like, uh, I mean, that's what they say about Brazilian jiu-jitsu especially. I mean, they're talking about more about Brazil than in the U.S., but they say it saves lives, meaning that it gets people little young kids off the street yeah. uh, into something else and stuff. Was that how, I mean, was that what it was like uh, where you were growing up? Were there a lot of kids getting into it because of... Like, not where I grew up, but, like, I've seen, like, what probably down in London and things like that, where there are gangs, probably, is it's more... That, is it, would you say? Yeah, 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 like, like rougher areas. Where I lived, it wasn't rough, so I can't really comment on that. Yeah, my area wasn't too rough either. But. Well, well, Ben, why did you say you got into... Like martial arts. Well, I, I've always been a fan of Bruce Lee, the, the the Jackie Chan movies, like the old classic ones. Before Jackie Chan was kind of famous in Hollywood, you know, like all his old school ones, like you know, Drunken Master, Project A, I don't know if you like the eight, his eighties ones. Yeah. So my family was always into that. So we had all the the uh, the VCR uh, cassette tapes of those. Uh, so that kind of I was always interested in that. And then so I did jujitsu. And then after when I I guess I quit, yeah, around 12 years old when kind of similar to you, Laura, I discovered football, started to notice girls 
spent most of my time probably in the toilet masturbating most of the time instead of <laughs> doing jujitsu. Does that make the cut? <laughs> Discovered masturbation. <laughs> uh, I started wrestling when I was probably like six or seven, but you know, back then nobody called wrestling a martial art. It was a sport more than anything. But wrestling is, was, it, is it considered a martial art now? Well, I think now with the UFC, yeah. like everybody calls it more. It's one of the disciplines. Yeah. Mm. And they consider, I mean, a lot of people, you know, uh, promote it as like the best base for mixed martial arts and stuff. Um, but it depends on who you talk to. More people would say Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and stuff. Um, but yeah, I started in that when I was a little kid in Idaho because it was like, that's basically in Idaho, kids either wrestled or they played like American football. That's my image of America. It's yeah. wrestling. Yeah, well, it, it's funny because it's really popular in certain states. Like the other state I grew up in, Michigan, is like one of the like uh, powerhouses for uh, like through high school wrestling. Idaho is big, but there are some states where like it doesn't exist at all, and uh, so that's why like a lot of UFC fighters will complain and say like, "Oh, they didn't have wrestling when they were growing up and stuff." So, but uh, I mean, I, I guess it is kind of considered more. Well, you know, America is one of the strong, uh, I guess, countries in the Olympics for wrestling. Uh, of course, there's other stronger con countries that are consider considered stronger, like Russia, Iran, and those places and stuff. But uh, yeah, so I started doing that, and then I continued doing that up through high school. And then uh, I remember when first getting exposed to the UFC, like in junior high school, and uh, my wrestling coach was like, uh, I actually heard about from him, and he was like, you got to see this guy like fighting, man. He's like wearing a karate gi, but like, or a karate, I don't know if you call it a gi or not. He's like, but all he's doing is like double legs and he's getting on top of people and he's like beating them up, man. It's just basically a wrestling. And, uh, so that's when I first learned about Brazilian Jiu Jitsu too. And then like when I was in college, actually, Hoist Gracie like came to Ann Arbor to do a seminar and my, uh, wrestling coach like got in touch with me again. He's like, that dude who was in the UFC is like here in Michigan. We got to go to a seminar and stuff. So I actually met Hoist Gracie, uh, for the first time, well, for the only time, uh, when I was like freshman year in college or something, but it was just like for a day and, uh, rolled around with him just for a second, like on the mats and stuff, but it was wow. pretty crazy. Yeah. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. He's a legend. Uh, yeah. The sport. He's yeah. So you, you actually had a seminar with Hoist Gracie. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know if I should talk about this too much because, uh, what happened was my coach was like, let's go to the seminar. It's a two day seminar. Uh, we'll just sneak in. And like, uh, and then we'll leave like after being there for a little while. So we snuck in and, uh. When you say we, is this like your whole wrestling team? Or no, something? it was just me and my wrestling coach. And, uh, and we like, I don't think always Gracie's going to listen to this. So he probably doesn't care, but. So yeah, the Gracie's <laughs> are listening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, so we participated in some things. Now I was willing to pay. I didn't have anything wrong with paying. <laughs> but then like the sparring session was coming up and they kept like saying during like this hour doing technique, they were like, we're still short a couple, uh, agreement forms of like, uh, for people to do the sparring session. So I haven't turned in your form yet. Please turn it in. And like announced like three times. And like right when the sparring session was getting started, he was like, let's go. And we just like left out the back door. Um, but yeah, so I did get a chance to meet him, uh, under good circumstances. Probably wouldn't be good circumstances if I met him again now, knowing that uh, if he knows what happened, but yeah. Give me my $10. Was it, yeah. like $10 it was expensive, though. man. It was like $150 for two days or something. Yeah. Yeah, Back yeah. then, it was Pro definitely probably expensive. worth it. Like, oh, yeah, for sure. Especially. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, this was sure. after he won UFC 1? Yeah, this was in, uh, that was in 2000, and uh, I think that was in two or maybe 90s. Or no, when was it? Maybe 2000, actually. So, it was, I think it was when I was fishing college. I don't know. I think it might have been 98, but yeah, he first UFC was like, what, 92 or 93 or something? 93, I guess. Yeah. So, Laurie, you, um, you've done karate in japan so when did you pick that up again yeah so i when i came out i was in uh kyushu in kita kyushu and this is when i first discovered the ufc as well it's like one of the guys from canada that i worked with he was kind of watching it introduced me to it i think it was the the first ultimate fighter is that the forest griffin 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 is that forest? the one that diego sanchez won no that was one? it? Yeah, I think yeah. it was that. Yeah, one. That was so season it was one. Yeah, Forrest and Bona, Stephen Bona. Yeah. Um. So it kind of got me kind of thinking again. Like I'm in Japan, I'll, I'll pick up karate again. But it was it was kind of a, it was a mistake. Like I, I went into this place. I, like, I'm not going to name names, but I went in to this uh, dojo, wanted to pick it up, so picked it up. Went for a couple of weeks. 
I was like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm a black belt back home. They were like, okay, okay, and like mentioned it a couple of times, so they gave me a brown belt. And I got my ass kicked every <laughs> single time. Like, this is full contact. I'd never studied full contact in my life. So this is kind of why I'm, I'm back to the beginning. Like, I want to learn from the beginning and kind of work my way up instead of just Billy Big Balls going in and say, <laughs> yeah, it's a black belt back home. Give me my belt. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I uh, picked it up there. It was probably, what, twice a week I went. But the guy, the guy was awesome. It was classed as an international karate school. Like, he had dojos in America. And he was the, the sweetest guy ever. Like, he'd take us out for dinner after. It was just it was awesome. Taught me how to break rocks, break baseball bats. <laughs> it was With good. Little finger. <laughs> yeah. But they, they kind of, most of the dojos I've been here, they kind of push you into competitions. So it's like you never train for training's sake. It's you train for a competition. So when I was down there, I entered, I think it was about two competitions. Like first one, um, cracked my sternum, cracked a rib. And then next one got, I didn't really get KO'd, but I, I didn't, un, I didn't understand the rules. So I got kicked in the head. The back of my ear burst open. I thought it was a 10. Oh, wow, I thought it was a 10 count. Nobody explained. It was actually a three count. So that was it. I was out. But that was me fighting against his black belt. So, so you, you were a brown belt fighting a black belt. I wasn't, it wasn't really a brown belt fighting mm. a black belt. It was kind of more of a, a white belt fighting a black belt. <laughs> a person wearing a brown belt. Yeah, that, basically, that's, that's how it works out. But yeah, I, I learned from my mistakes. So when I left to come up here, like tried to find a dojo, found one. There's a guy that you jujitsu with. So he was there at the time. And again, it was just, you go in and it was, oh, we've got a competition coming in. Do you want to join in? So, uh, guess so. Luckily, that time was only a white belt, but lost lost that fight as well. Well, that's the thing though, like because uh, in America, like first of all, karate is kind of like. I mean, there's a lot of dojos, but they, you know, they, there's even the joke about mick dojos and stuff. Like, you know, is it really serious martial arts or is it not martial arts? But in Japan, like. Karate is like real, like, uh, I mean, there's a lot of different leagues. Obviously, like, it's a na national sport, so they consider it like, and I mean, like, people talk about it like they would talk about maybe American football, like, back home and stuff. So I'm sure, like, these competitions and stuff are like you're describing, like, legit, serious comp kids, like, doing it, like, I mean, doing it at a different level of intensity and seriousness than, like, kids who are going to train karate, at least when I was growing up at dojos in the U.S. and stuff. The, the issues I had is every time we would train, it was, you were training with black belts and black belts in full contact fight differently to lower belts in full contact. So like I'd been training with this guy who's just like setting me up, picking his punches, picking his kicks. And then when I go into the competition, it's just some white belt, like the arms are going around like windmills. Mm. And it's like, I, you don't know how to deal with that. You don't know how to defend it or what to do. Luckily, the, the dojo I'm at just now, it's like this is what probably 10 years after I first came up and went to it. It's, it's good. It's like it's got a family atmosphere. We go through everything. It's form. You do kata. Then you do the sparring at the end. So it's, it's decent. Well, it's not decent. It's really good. Mm. Still full contact. It's full well. contact. <clears throat> I kind of like it. It kind of brings something to it. Like the ones I did in um, Scotland, it was just points. So it was more of a flick. So I had to learn or they had to teach me how to follow through on things. It's like you don't flick the head when you kick, you go through the head. So it's, it's a new learning process. Like have you, you like been knocked out or have you knocked anyone out during, no. uh, during full contact no. like in tournaments? No, 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 no. Like, apart from that, that time. <laughs> no. <laughs> is, it, is it like... The, the tournaments that you do, is it like how it is when you watch Karate Kid? Is it like that? Yeah. So it's proper full-on, a lot of, you know, one mat, everyone's kind of watching and... Yeah, so everyone's pretty kind much of do gathered you want. around the, the mats and, like, you've got the four referees and the one referee in the middle. The unfortunate incident, like the one I did in Hokkaido, it's like I, I was there, it was my first time going into this competition, I was there by myself. And that's where I met Damien. 
the guy who's been on before. It's the first time I met him. He kind of warmed me up, trained me to get ready for the, the first round. It's like nobody from the dojo. Of course, they've got other things going on. <clears throat> but it was just kind of sign up, on you go. See you later. So your sensei wasn't kind of there supporting? He was refereeing and kind of being the top <clears throat> official because it was their competition. So like he was the the main guy either refereeing or he was behind the desk. But luckily now I think it would be a different atmosphere. Like there's a good group of people who I think would be surrounding you, warming you up. So was that is that kind of how it is? Because like in sports uh, in Japan, like high school sports, especially in other sports, like the senpai kohai relationship is there. So and also it's kind of that way in our gym as well. Um, in our in our jujitsu gym. Um, so yeah, just like you described, maybe the head sensei or something is busy doing a lot of the administrative stuff, uh, for a tournament or a competition and kind of the older people in the gym, uh, look, uh, after the younger people, you know, giving them coaching during a uh, competition and stuff that happens sometimes in wrestling as well, too. If the head coach is uh, busy on another mat, then like one of the other assistant coaches or one of the senior wrestlers or something will come in and give guidance to another person during competition. Um, but I mean, is that, is that the atmosphere in a karate dojo in Japan? Is it like senpai kohai or is it, it's, is it still mainly about uh head sensei like has all the word on everything or what, what is it like? In a sense? Yeah. Like when I first came in to, to the dojo, I met just now the, the, the sense is, is great, like really, really friendly. I think he does a lot of kids classes, so he's got a good rapport with people, but he kind of sets you up and it's for the whole class. Then like one of the, uh, senpais, usually a black belt or brown belt would take you aside and kind of run you through like the basics. Then you would join back with the group. But yeah, it's, it's mostly, there's, there's not really that many people that you can't just do one class with the, the sensei at the top. Mm. I think there are occasions where he takes a day off or he's got something else on and one of the black belts comes in and takes a class. Right. But yeah, there, there is a a friendlier atmosphere, a more family-friendly atmosphere where some of the green belts, the older guys, will kind of encourage you or teach you. It's like, you don't want to do this, you want to do this. So it, it does work out a lot better now. And you, and you said there was already like a, a foreign person there at your current one. Um, uh, was there was there more foreigners? Like how how is it uh, going in there as a foreigner in a dojo in Japan and stuff? So the current one, I'm the only one. Oh, you are the, okay. The previous one, yeah, there was somebody there, and I think it was kind of you walk in and say, "Oh, you're coming in here." So like, this is this is my thing, which I, I kind of get. But then we we have a good relationship, so everything worked out. The one now, it was kind of, it's, it's a little bit intimidating. You go in, everybody's kiai in, kind of takes you back to what Cobra Kai dojo. <laughs> <laughs> well, but that, that's, uh, that does kind of, uh, remind me of something that I wanted to ask you guys. Like, well, cause I heard a really interesting podcast recently. Uh, Lex Friedman interviewed, uh, Ryan Hall and, uh, they talked a lot about like, uh, what martial arts is for different people. Like, uh, what, what is martial arts to you guys? Like, uh, I mean, what what are the benefits of it? Like, why would you or why would you not have, like, your young children or encourage young kids to do it? Or even adults, like, uh, you know, adults who are thinking about, you know, are martial arts worth it? Do they have the time? They want to get into something? They want to try something out? Like, uh, what is martial arts to you guys? Ben, maybe we can ask you first. Mm. I mean, is it, like, just a health thing now? Is it uh, is there a philosophical um, I, I, I think that the biggest benefit of doing martial arts, in my opinion, is that it gives you confidence to defend yourself. Sometimes it could be false confidence, like if you do traditional Japanese jiu-jitsu, I think. <laughs> you know, it's... Uh, <laughs> I don't think that that's a, a true reflection of how tough you are, but I think having that confidence anyway is good to, you know, face up to bullies. You might get your ass kicked, but at least if you can face up to people and show that you're confident, I think that will help you in your, your daily life a lot. So, yeah, I think that's the biggest benefit for martial arts is to give you, give anyone self-confidence and probably you'd be a little bit tougher than you were before, definitely for sure, even if it's not as effective as some, some martial arts. For me, I would say it's, like for children at least, discipline. It's like, and I think maybe that's why your mother put you in as well. It's, it's kind of a, a Japanese way of thinking. It's like you put your child in, they learn discipline from it. And I think I, I learned that as well from when I was younger. 
but now it's it's more like of a stress relief as well as fitness it's like and i guess that's why i chose full contact it's like you get to f- physically hit somebody and it's legal <laughs> <laughs> and then also when you get hit as well I, I don't know this is a little bit weird but when you get hit as well it's like you you feel it without having to be out on the street picking a fight does it feel good like to be like punched and kicked or to, to hit someone some people where, say it feels good where you get hit <laughs> <laughs> but yeah sometimes it like it hits you and it's like oh shit i better do something about that and then it makes you think it makes you change something about yourself or it makes you change your style or if you are within the fight it's like instead of doing like the one two you do like a kick instead or just something changes like you feel it you know something happened yeah, I think a lot of people talk about that. Like, uh, I mean, it's like with wrestling too, but also with jujitsu. Like, you feel, I mean, you definitely get to a different place, whether it's like, uh, something chemical going on after like a good workout or something. You definitely feel good after a hard jujitsu workout or any sport workout whatsoever. I think for me also too, I think it's like the perfect metaphor for life. Like, at least especially with Brazilian jujitsu and looking back at wrestling, it was the same thing. I didn't realize it for wrestling when I was going through it, but it's kind of like, it's, it's definitely one of those purest things uh, in life that the more you get out of it uh, or put into it, the more that you'll get out of it. And it really teaches you, like, the more you stick with something, that it does pay off, like, the further you get down uh, the line with it and stuff. Like, everything that I start now, I look at it it's the same as, like, the belt system with jujitsu. I kind of, like, as soon as I start something, I'm like, all right, I'm just a white belt at this, but I know, like, in time, I'll get to the next belt level, I'll get to the next belt, belt level. And eventually, even when you become, like, top black belt professional in anything, like, that's just when everything really starts because you have, like, a really complete understanding. But then you kind of see, like, where you can go with that. And, uh, like, I don't think kids realize that when they're going through martial arts, definitely. But uh, but I think they're out, they are getting that benefit out of it when they do stick with something and they progress through it. Plus, like, there's they can make friends and stuff. And, uh, yeah, and just like you said, Ben, originally, like, uh, you know, they give confidence and... Uh, and they definitely know like when they do need to like follow through with the confrontation or not follow through with the confrontation. Like, you know, I've talked on the podcast before about getting in fights as an adult and in Sapporo, but I've realized like after I actually started like training seriously BJJ, like I haven't gotten in any fights like in bar fights or in the street and stuff. Because you puff your chest out. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think you, that's and it. And you tell them you do jujitsu. <laughs> A little bit. I think what it is is like, just like you were describing, Larry, like you get that stress out somewhere. You don't feel that immediate stress to take. And you also like realize some things like maybe some real damage will happen to either you or that person if things just don't go a certain way. And, uh, yeah. And, and on top of that too, you kind of like, especially with jujitsu, like you meet a lot of guys who don't look intimidating, but they can like choke you out. That is a scary thing nowadays. Like everybody does some kind of MMA. So you could be out like at a nightclub or something. Some scrawny little guy starts a fight and he's ridiculous at MMA. It's like everybody knows something like you're choked out within seconds. Yeah, it's not the buffest guy anymore. It's whoever actually knows something. You don't know what they know. Yeah, yeah if they're trained or not. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or you look at their ears and then you can kind of get an idea of yeah, 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 if they're yeah. worth fighting or <laughs> exactly. not. Yeah, for sure. What, what do you guys think of belts? You know, because some martial arts, obviously most martial arts have belts, but for example, wrestling doesn't, right? It doesn't have a belt system. Boxing it doesn't. doesn't. No, no. Yeah. Kickboxing doesn't. But then, you know, karate does, judo does, Brazilian jiu-jitsu does. Do you, do you think uh, belts are a good thing or do you think we need them? Is it necessary? But boxing has a ranking. So I guess you could kind of class that in a sense. So it's like you would be ranked somewhere and you can only fight, was it two positions above or two positions below? But like in the gym, there's no like gym within the gym ranking. Yeah. There? Yeah. 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 Well, what about wrestling? Because like, <clears throat> there's no belt. So how would you know? Uh, until you wrestle someone, how good they are? Would you just well, exactly. like look at their record? Yeah, I mean, well, that's what they have. They have wrestle-offs. Uh, when they do ranking for tournaments, it's just like a meeting with coaches, and they argue back and forth, or, or they go by records, and then it might come down to an argument at the end, or maybe a vote. But yeah, there's no uh, ranking system. So, I mean, in that sense, it's pretty pure, and it's just like you find out how good you are just from, you know, going at it type of thing. Um, but I, I think belts are good, you know, like... Uh, 
especially for me, like going through kind of like a belt system in jujitsu now, I can kind of look back at wrestling and think like, you know, where would I have placed myself in like high school uh, level? Like what belt did I think I made it to? You know, uh, where does high school wrestling compare to like college wrestling or Olympic level wrestling? You know, you can kind of, you know, in that sense, base it on belt level or just like I was saying, like when I start some kind of new job or something, I kind of think about it in terms of the belt system. But uh, I think there's also like the negative side of belt systems, like the people use that for monetary reasons or whatever else. I mean, I don't know. What do you what do you think of the belt? Well, yeah, I, I don't like it. Main, mainly I don't like it just because I think a lot of people kind of use it as a crutch sometimes or an excuse. So if they, for example, if they go against a lower belt level, um, they can use an excuse as like, oh, I'm easing up because he's a lower level. Or if they go against a higher level, they can say, oh, I lost because he's a higher level. And having that excuse, I think if there was no belts, they wouldn't have that excuse. They would just like go full out every time. And then because of that, you don't really know where you kind of stand in terms of skill level unless you're both going 100%. But because of the, the belt level, one of you is not going 100% unless you're the same belt. Mm. Like if you're both brown belts, then you're both going pretty much hard out all the mm. time. But if you're a brown belt and a blue belt, brown belt or purple belt, someone is not going 100%, you know, at least one of you. But how do you grade up within jiu-jitsu then? In, I, I think it depends on the, on the gym, but our gym is, uh, is subjective. It's up to what the sensei feels. Well, the sensei and then also like the other black belts uh, can weigh in on their opinion. Like uh, after some tournaments down in Tokyo when certain people did well, the black belts that were also had traveled to the tournament made recommendations like this guy should probably move up. And, uh, but yeah, in our gym, it's, uh, it's main, I mean, obviously it's, it's, uh, the head sensei and then also the founder of the chain of gyms, Yuki Nakai, who is like a really famous, I mean, he's a legend in Japan. Um, and then the other black belts like weigh in their opinion and stuff. Um, but in other gyms, there are like, uh, jujitsu gyms I've heard about, especially in the U.S. and Canada. It's like, uh, grading system like you need to know this much this many technique or whatever uh personally i like the uh like our system at our gym because it is based on just like where you are getting where you're good at but in our gym you'll definitely have like some uh lower belts getting beat uh or even higher belts getting beat by people who are lower ranked than them and people will say like you know i had somebody uh started our gym recently and they were like do these belts even mean anything because they saw like a higher ranked person kind of struggling with some lowering people but with adults it's not like everybody's training regularly yeah. the same amount and stuff and uh and in jujitsu like gracie jujitsu the uh philosophy was it's not just about like where, how you're performing in the gym it's about who you are outside of the gym where you are progressing in life and stuff so there's a lot of different philosophies i think that go into the belt system um but just like ben said yeah definitely doesn't give like a clear indication of who's ranked above who and stuff. So that can be. And, and because of those different philosophies, like you're saying, like some people wouldn't give, um, a black belt if they're like an arsehole to, to their teammates or whatever. Yeah. They might have the skill level, but if they don't have the right attitude, it's like, okay, you don't get a black belt. But in my opinion, I think it should just be based solely on skill level because that's because when people see the belt, usually they think okay he's this level of skill not like oh he's this kind of person like if you're a black belt doesn't mean you're like an angel or you're like a saint or anything that's that's my opinion but obviously other schools and gyms have different ideas about that i think though that like a lot of the image with belts is it's about fighting it's like how good you are as a fighter equals the level of belt you are. So the skill level. Yeah. yeah. But then in karate, you've got other things. It's like some people don't fight. They only do the kata. Mm. So do you like, be a black belt in I don't, I don't kata know. only? Because I think to get your black belt, you need to fight. I think that's one of the criteria you need to do. But like some people choose which path they want to go on. It's like every competition, I want to do fighting. Or every competition, I'm going to do the, the kata competition. So I think depends on the sport, really, doesn't mm. it? Yeah, yeah, and 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 judo is an interesting one because there's not that many belt levels in judo. Like I was talking to one of the guys at our gym who who's been doing judo since he was like in junior high school. You start at a black belt, don't you? No, you st you start at white, but there's only white, brown, black. Okay. And he said, on average, if you're if you're in high school and you're in a judo club, you're pretty much doing judo every day. 
So if you're a, if you're one of those people, you're going to get to black belt in a year to two years. But that's training every day. It's, yeah. just, it's quite a lot. And then he says after that, then it goes to first dan, second dan, third dan, fourth dan. Um, so when you reach actually black belt level, it's not as high as you think it is. Like some people even say, if you're a black belt at judo, you're considered a blue belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So a lot of judo black belts can enter a jiu-jitsu tournament and usually they enter a blue belt. So where is blue? do very well, actually. Where is blue on the ranking? Blue's like second highest. It's white, Gosh, blue. Really? Yeah, for in, in jiu-jitsu. I mean, I got told that by one guy. He's like, yeah, black belt. This is the Japanese guy at our gym. He said a black belt at judo is equivalent to a blue belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. But also it depends on what Dan level you're at. Yeah. So if you're like, fourth dan you're probably gonna be like i don't know purple belt brown belt maybe yeah when i was teaching in high school in sapporo <clears throat> there was a it was a pretty uh, strong judo high school and uh the english teacher head english teacher was the head of the judo club too and because i had like a wrestling background he invited me to to participate in the judo club and i went i don't know maybe a handful of times or something um but he was saying like oh you should stick with judo i could probably get you your black belt in like you know less than a year and i was like i don't know if i want my black belt in judo in less than a year because i kind of feel like i walk around as a fake but he was telling me and i don't know the details so i don't know if what exactly is accurate or not accurate but he was saying like there's a uh, teacher black belt they also have like they can have like committee judgment and like if there's like three people who look at your skill level and if two people like vote that you should get your black belt, then you can get your black belt. And he was like, yeah, I can get, uh, you know, at least two people to vote for you to get your black off. belt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and stuff. But the other thing I'll say about belts, like in the bad sense, it motivates people because they're thinking about like, Oh, why, what, what do I need to do to get my next belt? Why am I not getting it yet? I've done so much. But also when you do on the good side, like when you do get the next belt, like you feel like, Oh, I've got to like handle business now. Like, I'm, you know, at this level now, like people are going to look at me a different way. And that always happened to me whenever I was progressing in belts and jujitsu. Like, it wasn't, I mean, I, I definitely, I didn't always think too much about like, when am I going to get my next belt? Because it felt like I could tell where I was based on how many people I was beating or getting beat by in the gym. But every time I did get that next belt, I definitely felt like a boost in like motivation to like, I was definitely in the gym a lot more uh, after I got each belt than I was probably before I got each belt because I felt like another boost to like, you know, push and get better and really represent that belt level and stuff. So I think there's different ways that uh, belts can help people too. It's not just all. I think it depends where your end goal is as well. Yeah. It's like if you do want to progress through the belts, then you will keep pushing yourself. So you get the next belt, you train a little bit harder. Some people, they just aim for that one belt. It's like, got it. I'll go once a week now. Yeah. So it is, it is quite different with the motivation. Yeah. But I think for karate, like you're talking probably 10 plus years to go from beginner to black belt. Mm. Like it's a, it's a long process. That sounds about the same as Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I think the average is 10 years to get to black belt. I think. And I think that's fair enough. Like you yeah. need to learn the skills. Yeah. You can't just learn it quickly. <laughs> What do, what do you guys see as like the biggest differences from doing your respective martial arts in Japan compared to being at home? Have you, I mean, I guess you did yours when you was a kid, Laurie. So yeah. I wondered if, if like when you've gone back to Scotland, if you've uh, noticed any differences with, uh, with how adults do cry and how they do it in Japan. My, my nephew does it now back home. And they do, I guess it's kind of similar to what I studied when I was back home. It's Kanzen Karate. I think it, mm. they, they all form from the, the beginning anyway. But I think it's more like speed. I've looked at their kata and everything's like fast and sharp. Whereas in Japan, I, I guess every skill or every uh, school is different as well. But the ones I've looked at out here in Japan, everything's like kind of slow and methodical. So that would be one of the differences. Wrestling in Japan is obviously very different from the U.S. because in the U.S. they have folk-style wrestling and Olympic-style wrestling where the rules and the style is completely different. But in, in Japan, uh, they don't have much folk-style wrestling. It's all just Olympic wrestling, which is either freestyle or Greco-Roman. And the rules and the goals and uh, strategy is, is all very different. So, But in terms of the way people train... Uh, yeah, I don't know too much about how they train wrestling in Japan except for in clubs. Uh, there's a lot of tournaments, which are good, uh, but there's a lot of tournaments in the U.S. as well. 
But uh, yeah, like they don't have wrestling in high school too much in Japan.、Uh, I think they do have some in high school. There's been some high school wrestlers、uh, that have come into our jujitsu gym, but it, it wasn't as structured as like it was back in the U.S. It seems like、uh, again, like I did wrestling in Michigan, and that was like one of the top、uh, states for wrestling in the U.S. And it was like, I mean, it was like、uh, American football level how. People, how serious people took it. Our our school had a wasn't the strongest program, but we did have、uh, some strong guys on our team each year and stuff. So it's kind of that type of situation. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, I had a friend、uh, from America who came to Japan to to do kendo because he did kendo in America, but he、uh, he said in America kendo is more of like a hobby. So you don't really get into it until you're a little bit older. You're an adult. It's not really one of the big martial arts, right?、Also. Yeah, but in Japan, kendo is pretty big. Yes, like、yeah. high schools do it. You see,、um, get, they see them walking around with their gear and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, yeah, he said when he came over to Japan, he did kendo as well. But he said for to get into kendo in Japan as a as a foreigner, you have to be introduced. So you couldn't just walk into a gym and say, "I want to do kendo." So he had to. He met、um, one of his coworkers who did karate, who knew a kendo instructor. That kendo instructor and the karate instructor—they all met together and had dinner or lunch with my mate. Then they kind of—it was like an interview kind of thing. So then they okayed him, and then the kendo instructor instructor took him to Hokkaido Jingo, which is where the kendo club was, and then he introduced him to the head sensei there, and then. The head sensei had to okay him, and then they、uh, did some background research on his sensei in America to like make sure it was all legit and stuff.、Yeah. Wow! And his sensei in America was Japanese, and he was he was a proper instructor there. So the、uh, old boys club. Yeah, so it was pretty serious. But he said like in in、uh, so in Japan when he saw them training kendo. Because they start, you know, kids start doing it young. It's a bit more, bit more of a sport. Rather, rather than a hobby, so like kids are just running around doing it for fitness, learning discipline and stuff, kind of like how karate's done,、yeah. you know, back in back in Scotland or or America or something.、Yeah. So he said that was a big difference there, and most of the kendo people that were doing it in America were kind of you know Japanophiles,、uh, anime fans, nerds, basically. Like these these types of people who make up their own moves, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then they get like deep into like Japanese culture, and so it's not just the, it's not just kendo. It's like the whole Japan experience they get into, and that's kind of why he came to Japan was to experience that side. Yeah, my Japanese cousin, her daughter. I、uh, mean, she's in her mid twenties now, but she went to、uh, university. She's from Ebetsu City near Sapporo, and she went to university in Akita on a kendo scholarship. So, yeah, just like you said, it's like a, considered a legit sport、uh, here in Japan and stuff.、Mm. In in certain high schools, I don't know if every high school has it. Like they, I don't know if they study it in like junior high school and stuff. Like they will with judo and some other. Uh, martial arts, but、uh, yeah, certain high schools are definitely there's definitely a league、uh, in the schools for kendo. Do they have judo in America? Yeah, they do. I、uh, I remember I wrestled against a judo、uh, fighter、um, in high school. Everybody knew him as a judo guy. He was a Japanese guy. But yeah, it was even it was I think similar to the、uh, kind of karate thing. At least at that time, I don't know where karate's at right now. I think it might be a lot more serious、uh, because of the influence of the UFC and stuff.、Um, But、uh, yeah, they did have it, but it was kind of sparsely practiced, and、uh, I don't know how. Actually, people might have been quite serious about it because it might have had like a lot of strong tradition that the only people who were actually wanting to try it were really trying to discover something deep about it. I don't know.、Mm. I mean, judo. I think when I was growing up, was pretty much non-existent in England. I don't know about Scotland. Was Scotland? Yeah,、same? I didn't didn't really hear too much about it. But I think we're. Pretty strong in the Olympics and that.、Really? Not, ve- not very strong. Like it's the French, the Japanese, the Brits. I think are decent. Yeah, I'd, I'd never known it growing up. Right. So like France have、uh, they're really big into judo, right? I think it's like government funded or something. The whole judo association. And、uh, yeah, speaking to Damien, who was on the podcast as well, he he did judo.、Um, so he's done like judo, cry, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I think he's he's quite a tough guy. And, tough guy. Yeah. Interesting fact about judo. Like I think、uh, it was the French who introduced the different coloured geese. Again, I say fact. I don't know if it's true, <laughs> but this is what I was told. The, the Japanese wanted to keep it with the white geese. They were excluded 
from the the World Judo Organization because they wouldn't adapt to the new gi. Then finally they came round to it, and then they were able to join. So white, white and blue. Right? Yeah. So they wanted to keep it traditional. It was only white. You could only use white. What about uh, for karate? You don't really see other colored gis in karate, or do you? Unless you're in Cobra Kai. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, I think a lot of my karate came from Karate Kid because <laughs> we would have different colored gis. It was, it wasn't even uh, the crossover gi. It was just like a like a t-shirt style that you would put a really baggy t-shirt. We had black with a red stripe down it. We had blue with a red stripe down it. Red with a blue stripe down it. How about in Japan, though? Japan, I've only ever seen white and kind of cream,、mm. cream color. Yeah,、That's、BJJ、it. obviously is pretty liberal about it. Yeah, especially in the last kind of what ten years or so. But before it was white,、uh, blue, and maybe black only. Yeah. But now you see like pinkies. Yeah, I've cycled past your gym a couple of times, and there's pink. <laughs> yeah, we've got yeah, some very fashionable yeah,、uh, green jutterios、yeah, yeah. at our gym. Yeah, yeah. camo camo、uh, style ones. Uh, yeah, yeah, everyone's pretty stylish at our our dodge. I kind of like it.、Dojo. It's good for yeah individuality and stuff. But for competition, I think it's still pretty strict, where it's either white or blue, and sometimes black is allowed. Yeah, I think a lot of I don't know, I don't know if it's just me, but I always assume that a lot of people have this impression that in Japan they're really strict when it comes to martial arts. Did you have that impression before you came here, Laurie?、Yeah. Like in terms of like karate and stuff. Like, I, I think it's true, though. I think they are they are quite strict. It's like If I'm late for a, a class, like I'll I'll need to go in sit seiza for however long the sensei wants me to do it. Oh really? Um, which luckily isn't that long. But the previous dojo I was at, it was like five to ten minutes. Sometimes I would sit seiza if you're late. If I was late, and like it's unavoidable being an adult working. But luckily <laughs> the one I'm at now, it's like five seconds if that. But we always bow to the sensei. We bow to the shrine in the gym. So it's like it still has. The strict feeling about it. I think ours is kind of a special gym. I don't know because I don't feel like it's very strict at all. Apart from at the very beginning, we do bow to the sensei and we bow to the shrine. But apart from that, we don't have many kind of traditions. I know before when I first started, we used to clean the mats at the end of the, the we session. We did that as well, yeah. But he, our teacher got rid of that about two years ago, so he just does it himself now. So yeah, now we don't really have many traditions. Did, did you have any before、yeah. I started back? Yeah. He, well, he got rid of the cleaning the mask because he was like, I, "I'm cleaning them all the time after you guys anyway." So he just kind of thought it was a, a waste of time, but for everyone to do it.、Um, but so he might have been just having everybody do it for like a discipline factor. But he's kind of, I think, the background that he comes from. Uh, that was like his、uh, mentality for jujitsu. He he wanted people to enjoy it, and I think that's kind of the way he was learning it as well. So he he's never been too strict about when people show up, and I think he's also、uh, a bit business minded. He understands like some people, especially in Japan, are working late, so it's shogunai. Like they're going to show up when they can show、yeah. up.、Um, But、uh, when I first started there, I mean, it was a different atmosphere that we talk about all the time. It was a lot scarier and serious because they had a lot of like、um, pro fighters. Uh, he doesn't have too many pro fighters now, but there was a lot of pro guys, and so they always wanted to get their,、um, you know, their training in. But even then, like they would kind of start like、uh, at a very loose timing、uh, in the evening and stuff. So it's never been too strict.、Um, but I do know like other gyms, like maybe even in Sapporo in, or in Tokyo, BJJ gyms, they'll be more strict. Where they'll have a structure for each class, you know.、Uh, Uh, warm up, uh, stretching session, a, a strict technique session, and a sparring session, or whatever else. And I think there'll be like classes will be divided up into groups and everything.、Um, but for us, yeah, it's it's pretty relaxed. Like there's the beginning, the bowing at the beginning, and then there's a technique session, and then there's sparring.、Uh, we'd have to ask him himself to see why he runs classes that way and stuff. Which、yeah. which would you prefer? I I really like our style. How how casual it is. You can just come in whenever. Like you don't have to turn up on time. You can come in later, and he won't say anything. Yeah, you don't have to bow before you go on the mats. So it literally is just that initial start of the class where you bow to him and you bow to the shrine. But if you miss that, there's there's no, no other traditions that you have to follow. Whereas I've been to other gyms around the world, and every other gym I've been to, been to one in、uh, Thailand. Bali, Bulgaria, and England, and all of those were way more strict than 
than our one in Japan. Like you can't you can't go on the mat unless there's a at least a brown belt or a black belt. Really? In in one gym that was in uh, I think that was in Bulgaria. Um, in in England, uh, you had to line up in rank order. So if you're a visitor, you're at the back of the line. Um, and you can't jump the line. And at the end of the session, you all line up again and you all shake hands one by one, which was kind of cool. I like that, but I didn't like the whole, you know, because, because I was new, um, I didn't know how things are done. So I get like people like shouting at me, like, you know, get to the back of the line and don't take your shirt off. Cause there, there was one gym I went to and you're not allowed to take your gear off on the mat. So straight away, I took my gear off at the end of the session. Um, and then I took my rash guard off, and that was like a big no-no as well. Because you were just like burning up or something, or well, it, well, just because it was finished and I was hot, so I just wanted to like take. This was in this this one was in the Philippines, so the Philippines was hot. There was no aircon in the gym, mm-hmm. but I just stayed on the mats and just took, started, I guess, undressing in a way, and that was a big no-no as well. That but is, in our gym, you can do that. That is a difficult thing, though, isn't it? Like when you're a beginner, you're at the back. So it's like everything's happening up front. All the, the guys who know what's going on are up front watching the sensei do it. And you're the new guy at the back trying to pick everything up, like <laughs> yeah. dodging your head here and there. That is a, that's a tough one. Is that same with, uh, like when you join your, your new gym? Yeah. yeah. So it's like, I, I'm right at the, well, now I'm not right at the back, but uh, close, close to the back. And then you have to bow to everybody when you come in. And then at the end, you have to bow to everybody to kind of say thank you even in between each section so like you do your warm-up you bow to the sensei you bow to the shrine after we do form you bow to the sensei you bow to the shrine like after everything mm. so you were taught this when you started or you just follow just followed kind people? of a bit of both yeah like i i got taught some things and then just kind of figured it out as i went along well there's a bit of that like uh being a foreigner in japan like fog that's happening like in anything you do you're kind of like i don't really know what's going on kind of hoping somebody will let me know or just following and stuff but um i was, I was gonna ask you are you still like competing now or are you planning to do competitions and stuff or we've got a competition in december so it's only going to be shin kyokushin i don't know oh you haven't decided yet no like everybody's saying i should go in but past experiences kind of tell me not to Although it would be good, it's it's a good experience and it does feel like a, a friendlier atmosphere where people would help out. So it's Long, kind of fifty fifty. Longer time to recovery right now. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of. I mean, that's especially that's, if you get knocked out. Yeah, know, like getting having that same head injury or what happened with your ear, like something. Kind of yeah, I got kicked in the side of the head. We weren't wearing any head guards, or I don't think we were wearing mitts either. But I got kicked in the, the side of the head and the back of my ear burst open. Jeez, like just the, it popped. How would that be for the next tournament? Would there be any protection? Um, I think because I'd be starting lower. We've all got uh, shields and face guards that we have to wear in training. Uh, you've got mitts, elbow pads, knee pads, leg leg guards. So I think for the competition, it would be that. That's oh, all, so you uh, have protection. Yeah, for, mean, uh, for the lower levels. That's all like cosmetic protection, though. There's like internal like brain bouncing and stuff. I mean, that's kind of like one of the things, I guess, that deters me from... I mean, I did like a lot of uh, even BJA tournaments, probably done like 10, but I haven't done a uh, tournament in like four years now. Um, part of it is, I mean, I've just been like doing wrestling competitions some since I was like, again, six or so I kind of feel like I've had my time. And to do it now, the main reason I want to compete now is just because, like, I know how much more intense, like, in dedication, my dedication to this, uh, sport becomes, like, building up to a competition. So you always do, like, make big improvements as the competition gets near. But now, like, with family and work and everything, like, any competition I go, I always go into, I'm like, man, I'm going into this, like, 60%. I'm going into it just to, like, you know, as a challenge, I'm not going into it because I think I might actually win or do really well. I mean, I might, obviously I do want to win and that's why I would compete still. But yeah, like things definitely change the older you get. But do they have like masters class in like BJJ? They have like masters, masters one, two, three. Like, so you do end up, you can compete against people that are your own age and stuff. Is that how it is for karate too? Or yeah. So I'd be competing against people, same belt, same weight category, but age but- isn't considered. Age, I don't know if they've got like a, well, I'm now considered a senior, which I think's 
absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> when I first went in, he was like, let's get all the seniors together for a photograph. I stood back and said, no, that's you too. <laughs> so that kind of hurts a little bit. But I, I just think it's kids only, kids and then adults. Like once you're, I don't know if it's high school or 18, then you're now in the adult category. Forever. Forever and ever. <laughs> like the weight category is tough. Like the first competition I did in Hokkaido, it was, I think it was like 72 kilograms and under or 70 and under. And I was like, oh, well, screw that. Like I'm not fighting a hundred kilogram guy. So I did my best to get down. I managed to get down, but it's, like, it's never going to happen this time. Yeah. So, so basically you, if you did the next tournament, you wouldn't bother trying to cut weight. To, uh... It's too much to cut now you know, with age and all that. <laughs> what are you nodding your head at? <laughs> Been cutting weight for three weeks. And I only cut like one kilogram. Where's my but, hamburger? But the, the thing with you, Laurie, isn't that like kind of sandbagging a little bit because you're a white belt, but you're kind of a brown belt when you're a kid. So you it was a black probably, belt when you was a kid, right? But, right. But it's a different. It's a different style. It's but like still, this is, you got this is you got contacts. skills that probably most white belts in that tournament won't have. I don't know. Like a lot of the white belts who have come into the dojo, they started. Most of them, I think, started just before me are like at a decent level i think everybody i think everybody nowadays as well has some kind of background experience it's something whether it's you did boxing or you did uh, jiu-jitsu or you did karate when you were younger i think like if i went into jiu-jitsu like i've got a martial arts background in karate well, you've, you've tried jiu-jitsu before right maybe you said like back in a day once, I don't know how long ago once. yeah how long ago was that 10 years ago probably um in japan yeah so sounds like it's about time to try it again. <laughs> yeah, you guys have been trying to get me to go for a long time. It's, it's just not something I'm interested in. Like, I, I knew what I knew from UFC, so I was trying to pull all those moves off. And then I think it was a purple belt came in and just popped my shoulder straight away. I was like, nah, I'm done with that. <laughs> First and last time. First and last. So, like, if that didn't happen, do you think it could have gone differently? Nah, it, no, it, really. does, it doesn't appeal to me at all. Well, plus, if you're busy doing karate, then you probably are really enjoying that and don't have time to do something else, do yeah. you? Like, yeah. I, li I like watching it, but it's just not something that appeals to me for doing Yeah, it. it's not for everyone. Yeah. You know, you know, just like any other martial art, it's not, you know. It's like having some of these balls dangling <laughs> in your face. And say, <laughs> Hugging guys for a couple hours. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Not for everybody, but. <laughs> if you're into it, you're into it. <laughs> Whatever floats your boat, man. <laughs> Well, uh, I think we've covered uh, pretty much everything I want to talk about. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about? I do I do have a fact for you. Again, I say fact. It's just it's a loose <laughs> term that I throw about. The uh, the Scottish girl you had on, um, she made... Ah, Jennifer. Weird, yeah. Yeah. She was talking... You guys Reservoir. were talking about seating arrangements. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I found out about that when I was in Kyushu. We, uh, we had dinner at the, the top guy's house. No women are allowed round the table. So I don't know if that's karate related or Kyushu related, but he was explaining it to me. The, uh, the strongest person sits on the head's right uh -huh. and the weaker person sits on their left. So I think it goes back to the samurai style. So in this seating arrangement, Ben is a stronger guy. And once you're, again, you're I am the weaker, weaker guy. lower guy. Yeah. <laughs> so I, he told me it all comes from like the samurai, so if any shit kicked off, in one fail swoop, he could pull out his sword and kill Ben. And then on the second swipe, you're a little bit slower, so he could come down and kill you. Oh. Uh, so take out the strong guy first. Yep. Right. So that's why there's uh, seating arrangements. Oh, so that's what it's based on. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, but, but that I'm, makes sense why the the person who's kind of the, in the lowest position sits closest to the door because they'll be the first to die. They'll probably, well, no, they'd be like the first person to see the strongest dude's head get chopped off and they just run out the door. <laughs> <laughs> I think it could also be lookout as well, maybe. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for coming on, Laurie. Well, thanks for I've, having uh, me. Yeah, I've come really on again, please, man. Good yeah. this episode. Yeah. Um, it's it's uh, good to know, to learn about karate. I didn't know that much about it. We'll get a rustle sometime. Yeah, yeah. Teach us some... Uh, Shh, what was it? Q. What, Shin, what kind of karate? Shin, is it, Shin, but is that what you're practicing now? Yeah, Shin, I'm practicing okay. Shin Kyokushin. Okay. Full contact cry. Let's yes. do it.
I hope you enjoyed the show. This episode was recorded at and brought to you by Barefoot Bar. Bear is in the, the animal.、Uh, one of our fantastic sponsors, and it's located bang smack in downtown Sapporo at Tanuki Koji Block 6. There are 12 different kinds of Japanese craft beer, delicious burgers, all sports are available. The bar's open seven days a week. If you're in town and fancy a drink or want to just get away from the family for a while, pop in and have a chat with the friendly English speaking and also Japanese speaking staff. So, for more information, check out the Barefoot Bar Facebook page. And thanks for listening again, and hopefully, catch you next time.